The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. to another episode of Wookiee Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. And joining us from the Rebel Base Card podcast. Yes. And that voice right there is the host of that show, Greg. How's everyone doing? Doing good, thank you. Doing pretty good. It's too hot here, though. You should take the <laughs> back, Mike. Too hot. Yeah, take it back. So it was 103 heat index here. Ooh. So what was the humidity? Uh, very low. Because we're getting oh. we're getting hammered with the Sahara dust storm. Ah. That's coming across. We are currently at 70 percent humidity up here. Yeah, uh, that that the average all summer here. Yeah. Right. yeah, I'm, I'm going to look. Humidity. Too close to the big lake. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't miss the summers in Ohio. I will say that. Ken. Yeah. <laughs> See, you're on the, the correct side of the lake. 81, lake. 81% here. Jeez. We got off light. It's in the 70s right now. Um, we had a huge rainstorm here uh, a couple days ago, and it, you know, it went from like 90s, down, you know, 80s and 90s down to 70s, but we'll be back. We'll be back in the late 80s. Um, this hey, weekend, so I had that rainstorm yesterday and today. <laughs> we, we've had rain down here off and on, but it only lasts well, for like 10 15 another, minutes and it's gone. What was that, Ken? I said, You'll have that ra- same rainstorm that we've had in the next three days. <laughs> it's good. We need it. We haven't uh-huh. had much rain up here. Yeah, my, my grass is dead. <laughs> yeah, my garden exploded after all that. <laughs> so, um, before we get into show, uh, check out the homepage, we uh, Wookie Radio. Net. I almost said wikiradio.net. Wikiradio.net. Find it that way. Um, check out our affiliates, uh, such as Biddy Boomers. It's been a while since we've mentioned them because of all the guests we've had. Uh, Biddy Boomers, where you could get some great Biddy Boomer Bluetooth speakers. Use the code WeBeGeeks for 15% off your purchase, and it's good anytime. Uh, also, too, check out Heroes and Villains. Uh, use the code Smugglers for 10% off your first purchase. Uh, check out our web store where you get Weeby Geeks, Mighty Marvel Geeks, Wookie Radio, merch, um, as well. Uh, trying to think who else I'm missing. Uh, check out our T Public store for other great t-shirts that aren't available at our normal web shop, such as the Porg, it's what's for dinner t-shirt. Um, so I think I got everything. That's a long list. It, it is, but got it down pat where I could say it quickly. It's just been a while, so I'm like, what have I missed? It's almost like a show closer where you have your list and you still have it up because sometimes you feel like, if I don't, then am I missing something? But you get in that yeah. flow, you're like, I could just rattle it off. Well, see, that's that's where uh, you know other podcasts may do all that at the end of their show. I take the George Lucas approach and I put it right there at the beginning and just credits only. Let's get the business out of the way. Let's get right into it. I like it. So, um, so tell us a little bit about your show, uh, the Rebel Base Card. Oh, thank you. Um, I started it last year, like a lot of podcasts. I think you know celebrations tend to spawn you know events like this. But as soon as I knew that I was getting a ticket to celebration, and of course because 
because I live in Chicagoland. It was my, my backyard. I was able to snag a ticket for that uh, Monday, the last day. And, you know, having a little bit of an audio and production background and had just started up the Instagram channel for the Rebel Base Card, I thought, well, you know what? Um... I'm going to be able to get, go to a place where not a lot of people can go to easily. You know, it, it's one thing, you know, if celebration is in Orlando, uh, but you know, and another thing is if you're in a place like, we'll say Ken is where if you, if you kind of in Ohio, you can get to many places and it's not a long trip, but let's say even in Chicago, someone like Derek, that's still a bit of a hike. So you, you feel like when it was in your own backyard, you're like, I'm going to really, I, I can't not look at myself as a Star Wars fan and not go. And so I thought, well, I'll take some, I'll make some, you know, arrangements the folks, I'll try to capture some audio and video, and that way I can at least release it out there. If two people get something out of it, hey, there it goes. And we also have this big um, event in the springtime called C2E2. It's a big, you know, it's, it's like yeah, our version yeah. of Comic Con. And so it was at the same place, McCormick Place. And so I was able to kind of do a little, you know, prep there. But um, the 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 podcast itself is sort of an extension of the Instagram page, and now I'm on Twitter as well. That just kind of focuses on, you know, Star Wars cards. And what's kind of nice is is that you know, the world didn't necessarily need another Star Wars podcast, and or maybe it did. Uh, but we are lucky that, you know, there's enough niches out there that, you know, you can carve yourself a little space. And if you're serious about it and you really want to deliver good content, you know, you'll eventually find an audience. And, um, you know, I found that on Instagram where, you know, there's tons of toy people, there's tons of cosplayer, there's tons of, you know, just podcasters. That's what Twitter is. Um, but I didn't think the card card side or importantly, the card artists were really served. So um, I started reaching out to them. And I think, you know, really when you're a beginning podcaster, and I think, like I said, once you have, you know, once you look at a show like Wookiee Radio and, you know, like you you brought on what, is it is it Bruce Valanche? Is it Valanche? Yep. Or, Bruce Valanche. Um, yep. Yeah. It took me a while as I was listening to that to kind of, you know, get like, oh yeah, that's him. Because a lot of times you see that face, but you don't really put it to a name. But that's the benefit of a show like, say, yours, where you have that, you have that length that, you know, we're con you're consistent. You put out content and then people go, oh, you're not just some you know clown with a microphone. This is something where this is a credible show, or and you start building up, and it becomes that back catalog, and that's something that I have enjoyed. In that the podcast helps support the Instagram page, you know, it helps you know help me help me find guests. You know, you kind of have this spider web of like, well, this person knows this person knows this person, yeah. and then you start finding the people that like to follow your show, and you really find this this great community out there. Which of course you guys could you know you, you guys have been doing it longer than I have, but uh, it's fun, and you know instead of we. We just we talk about cards. I talk about cards. I say we. I don't know why I keep saying we. I'm I'm a podcast of one. <laughs> but um, you know, it's nice. I can talk to cosplayers. I can talk to folks in the community. People who make you know their own custom th their own custom cards. Oh, that's uh, cool. Uh, you know, this is my friend oh. John Griffith uh, Griffith Griffith uh, who does custom cards. And this was he did his own version of the Wonder Bread cards. Uh, and he actually made a whole wax pack. And yeah, that's a wax pack that's sealed. But he did a take off of the Wonder Bread cards and then made more of them. Okay. Um, and now, so I think I heard about. I'm old enough, just like you. <laughs> I remember the Wonder Bread cards, mm -hmm. and none of them were wax sealed. Right, they were in there at the end of the and the loaf. Yep, and I won't tell you how many loaves of bread were probably destroyed by me trying to find all the Wonder Bread cards, and then looking at my dad going, "We don't have this one. We need to get this bread, this loaf of bread. We don't have this one, and we need. I need this one too." <laughs> and walk out sometimes with more bread than needed because I was. They had cards that I needed, and your parents were blindsided like everyone else's because they're thinking like, I'm not going to a toy story. I'm in the clear. And all of a sudden they're putting a collectible in in a loaf of bread. And they think, you know, the, the, the store is a safe place for me. Battlestar Galactica back yep. in the day was the same way. The Wonder Bread. And the story I like telling is, is that my mom used to buy bread in bulk. And, you know, so when that started, we had eight or nine loaves that all had Princess Leia in it. So I had one card, eight copies. <laughs> and so I, it wasn't until I started this channel that I eventually put together the set. But, you know, like any good collector, you give us long enough, there's probably some kind of X, Y axis where the length of time we eventually accumulate enough money where we can go back and go, you know what? You know that Kenner Micro set? Yes. I'm yeah. an adult now. I'm going to buy this and I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I prearranged props that I could get with my hands easy. I didn't quite know what <laughs> the weapons were going to be. So just putting it out there. But but anyway, that that's that's the gist. Um, sometimes 
sometimes I have uh, guests on. Sometimes it's just me. Um, you know, you can still talk about like the brand new set that came out this week, the Rise of Skywalker series two. And so much like when you guys talk about like a brand new Black Series or there's a new Lego set, you know, somewhere down the chain, there is these are the Tops cards. And boy, they still make a ton of sets during the year. Yeah. Uh, they do stuff online. And it's fun to be able to talk about it and go, you know what? I, I don't really feel like like you would you would say like we're not we're really in just competition with ourselves. It's like, you know what? There's an audience that will enjoy it. You know, I don't have to have everybody out there. You know, when you do that Venn diagram of Star Wars fans, you know, there's a lot of casual Star Wars fans that would probably enjoy the content we have. And, you know, there's some that's the harder core collectors, but I don't necessarily just want to appeal to the hardcore collection folks. I would like to be someone who goes, hey, look, I remember collecting as a kid. Uh, it's fun. I don't necessarily have a ton of money to soak into it. This is not my thing, but I enjoy it. And then also hearing about how the cards were made and the artists that, you know, put a lot of time into it and the fact that it's really evolved yeah. from just sketches to now full-blown art cards. And yeah. uh, that that's been fun. And I think you would, you know, it's like talking to Bruce. It's like, I learned more about in that holiday special. I'm like, I remember watching it. And I knew, I, I, I you know, you don't realize what you didn't know until he starts going off. And I, I was, I was doing a run and it, it I just, thank you. That was a great, I was just listening to that thing, just <laughs> riveted. And I'm sitting there like, in the way he's talking and you're going, and like I said, I still didn't recognize the face. You go, oh man, that's him. But then you go, the story's behind that. And, uh, you know, well, which is also geeking out while you're I, asking. I, and then the, and then the whole, you know, behind the scenes stuff to, you know, with the, um, the extracurricular intakes, that was a common, very common practice back then. So, um, but speaking of cards. I mean, oh joy! <laughs> it is. Are you worried, Derek? No, Should. no, this is no. But you do have to turn off the Star Wars side of your brain. Yeah, it is time for that good old icebreaker, which. Really, it's not going to be that much of an icebreaker because pre-show we 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 did pretty good, but it's still kind of kind of fun it's, to play. It's more like a brain breaker. <laughs> <laughs> it is Smuggler's Feud. Uh, this is based loosely on the Star Wars Family Feud game. Rules have changed slightly. We go back and forth. Answer first one of the three strikes loses. Um, hey, Ken, we actually have a slight advantage. Unless it's, yeah, <laughs> unless both shows strike out in the same round, then whoever got closest to the top to the number one answer wins. So, Greg, pick card one, two, or three. I am going to go for card number three, and I'm going to channel Richard Dawson while I'm doing it. All righty. Eight answers on the board. I think we've only had a clean, clean sweep, what, once or, or has it been twice? I don't even remember. Has it been ever? Yeah, I think it's been twice. I'm going to notate this. No, I'm not, because I'm going to end up redoing this later. Um, so, eight answers on the board. Question is, what do you think Chewbacca's favorite kind of sandwich is? Oh, what do you think Chewbacca's favorite kind of sandwich? And since you mentioned, so Greg, since you mentioned Richard Dawson, I'll be, all right, Greg, how are, how are you today? No sugars for you. I, I don't kiss that way. So uh, you go, you start us off. Guests are always first. All right. What kind of sandwich does Chewbacca like? All right. I'm going to say peanut butter and banana is my first answer. I'm going to give it to you. Peanut butter slash peanut butter and jelly. So, Wookie Radio. Which one was that? That was number yeah, two. That was the second answer? Wow. Second answer. How many, yeah. are, on the, how many are there? Eight. Eight. Now well, it's the point where the timing of when the <laughs> game comes out really matters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, crud. I, I had an answer, but yeah. I Yeah. <laughs> you know, know, I was saying Kentucky Fried Pork, but that was after <laughs> this game was put out. Yes. Oh, yeah. You would say that the, the, the date, the, the game was put out probably plays heavily into answers. Yeah, yeah. this was released right uh, around uh, the same Force Awakens. Yeah, Force Awakens. Okay. And I will tell you there are no Star Wars related hints. I was going to say. Now, do I get another Do I get another shot? Nope. It goes back to it goes over to Wookiee Radio. We go uh -huh. back and forth. Um, Pressure's off. Something that would be like a cantina food because you first meet Han Solo and mm. Chewbacca in the cantina. Okay. Yeah, but what, what did I just say? <laughs> No, 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 no. But what would you find? Bar food is what I'm thinking. All right. I don't know, like wings, maybe? It's got to be what? a sandwich. Got to be what a sandwich. kind of sandwich, oh, sandwich. sandwich. It's his favorite. It's his favorite. You know, peanut butter and jelly was on there. How about bologna? Mm -hmm. Show me. Or lunch <laughs> meat. Cold cut. Whatever. However it puts it down. 
number one Michael answer meat Ooh. so well, that, that under all meat. that meat that was the number one that was number one a answer. meat sandwich a meat sandwich <laughs> i'm not going to argue with a wolf for that matter yeah if you want something like a meat popsicle, meat popsicle. <laughs> that goes back to pork it, it, it's it's never good to to argue with a wookie <laughs> I need a soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> so back to Greg. Well, the top two answers are taken. Yep. And meat meat's like a whole group. That's like part of the pyramid. Yep. Peanut yeah, butter. Well, that, does, that doesn't mean of the other answers are not meat also. Ah, uh, you have There's a point. There's times when like Darth Vader and Anakin yeah, Skywalker are both some yeah, type of meat. Answer. Some type of meat. We, we've had one where an answer was droid. And then you also had R2-D2 and uh, C-3PO and someone else. I'm like, okay, these are people who aren't typical fans who, who just don't know. So, All right. I, I think I got one then. Sure. If I did, um, I would say like a Subway sub or submarine sound. More specific. Oh, <laughs> shoot. Yeah, then in which case, I don't know, I would say a, a Subway meatball sound. Number six. Oh, really? I can't have them anymore because of my blood pressure, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I am slowly having issues with marinara sauce in a lot of places with the acidity. Mm. So, Wookiee Radio, back to you guys. Wow, we've hit three of eight. Oh, boy. Uh, Don't, do it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, tuna fish. Number five. Hey. 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 hey, it's a wicked tuna. Wicked tuna. You can tuna car. car, car. You can tuna car, but you can't tuna fish. Tuna fish. What's interesting is what other kind of tuna is there besides fish? Sure. Mm. Uh, back to Greg and Rebel Rebel Base Card. Rebel Base Card. So we have four answers available. Yep, yep. Uh, let's see. Number one, meat. Number two, peanut butter and jelly. Number th- five, tuna. Number six, meatball. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna try my hand at a franchise again, and I'm gonna say Big Mac. <laughs> He's got the poker face. I really can't tell whether it's a good answer or not. It's a good answer. It's just the wrong answer. <laughs> ah. <laughs> How about just hamburger? Back to Greg. Yes, no. Wait, we're not hearing the sound effects. I did not hear the sound effect on that. So I say. No, he's got the time we answer. The sound so. effects. I see him. Wait. <laughs> It was all in body nope. language. Nope. So did the hamburger, was that on the board or not? No. Are you still not oh. hearing it? No. Nothing. No. We did hear the open, but that's the only sound effects we heard was what you played for the open. Oh, well. So now there are two strikes, though, right? Or, no, each each team has one strike. Each, yes, each team has one strike. Each team has one strike. And now hamburger and Big Mac are off the board. So Boy, what? that's tough. Why isn't that going through? I'm buying myself time to try to get in. You had that problem last week with the show open. I know, but you said you heard the show open. Today, yes. Hmm. Mm. That's coming off. It's all I, good. Ah, I've got one. I am going to try, go with a BLT. Ooh. Give me one, give me one second. Big yet famous. I need to find my... No. Chewy would probably prefer a PLT. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna say pork, lettuce, tomato. But, or if you want to go mutton lettuce, tomato, <laughs> we want to channel the Princess Bride. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah, the mutton is nice and lean. You said you said BLT. I said BLT. Hey, hey, what oh, number is that? That is number four. So y'all heard that one, right? Yes, I yeah. did. Hear. Yes, but you're not hearing. That one. No, I think it goes along with you. It's a positive vibes, right. you know, positive vibes podcast. So yeah, not very nothing negative. That <laughs> uh, no, just tells me something's not there with the. I think it's because you're in the Falcon tonight, Michael. I think that no, yeah. it could be. Bored. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's it's it has to do a reset, but not now because it'll mess up. My... It gets a little tougher. Uh, Wookie Radio, three answers <laughs> still left on the board, mm. including a more popular one than BLT. Yes. Mm-hmm. Would a hot dog count as a sub or as a sandwich? Probably. Technically. That's what I was. That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say, would Chewy consider a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, let's throw it in there. A hot dog. The endless debate. Wow. Two strikes. Two strikes, and now hot dog and hamburger are off the board. BLT sandwich. Ooh. Oh, eh, this is gonna get me a strike, but I have to say it. Since I am in Chicago, I have to go with an Italian beat. I'll take the strike and like it. <laughs> mm. 
Ah, now I did hear that announcement. All right, two strikes on Rebel Base Card podcast. Yep. Well, if we were going to go that way, I could say since I'm in New England, a lobster roll, but I don't think I will. <sighs> Sounds good though. Uh, <laughs> uh, trying to think of what sandwiches are left. Uh, going to be on there. Uh, I don't want to make the third strike right away. Uh. uh how about uh, <laughs> boy this is tough yep it is real tough um turkey do we say turkey yet not specifically all right turkey rebel but that's kind of like so only by a technicality because i i had nothing i had nothing left so the question comes down to is this may overturn a strike you said a Chicago Italian beef? Well, I basically said an Italian beef, since that's a popular sandwich here in Chicago. Would that be the equivalent of, of a steak sandwich? I think steak sandwich would be more of like a Philly. Yeah, I would say uh, it's... Or a cheesesteak. Cheesesteak, yeah. All right. Italian, yeah. I, I would say Italian beef so, and a cheesesteak are... I mean, there's some that they seem, to me, seem similar, but... Right. You know, similar, sense. yeah. So winning two strikes to three is the Rebel Base Pard podcast. Number eight, steak. Ah. Number seven, because some people think because he lives in a forest, he's a vegetarian, a salad sandwich, veggie what? sandwich. Veggie, I think, yeah, it would probably make. Well, actually, um, yeah. there's a place here in Akron that, um, Mike, you may remember Swenson's. Yeah, love it's Swenson's. It's a drive-in burger place, and they actually have a burger on there called a Salad Boy. Yep, yep. And it's, a bur- it's basically got the bun with all the veggies and stuff on it. Number three, ham slash ham and cheese. Ham and cheese. Ah. <clears throat> See, meat threw us off. That's the thing. Then yeah. You, yeah. Exactly. See, you get all that, and then all of a sudden, le- number one answer, meat. Well, and you know, if, if, this if you 20, say meat, this is free. Right. If you say meat, wouldn't that take steak and ham and cheese and meatball all off the table? I would, I would think so, yeah. I really and wanted to say it? Nashville chicken, but that's that's too that's too more, that's too more modern. See, I was I was thinking Cuban, Another but it does not. Cuban would have been a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Cuban would have been ham. Mm-hmm. There was Cuban. <laughs> See, I would have taken ham. I would have given you the ham for the Cuban. You can get a good Cuban in St. Pete. Yeah, you can. So, um, getting back to the cards, I'm assuming you started off with the was the Blue Series back in 77 with yes. Tops. The, um, I, I caught it, you know, as what I can't remember is when, you know, because I saw Star Wars, it had actually gone through to the to the drive-in circuit. And so I was about yeah. seven. And then I, I, I must have seen it around the time because I caught, I caught only maybe a pack or two of the blues. I didn't have a whole lot. And then, you know, because in, in, um, like I was saying, I lived, I grew up around Zanesville in a town of about, you know, 1,500 people. And so we had one stoplight and one, you know, there was a Johnson's pharmacy that sold, you know, a little bit of everything, right? There's a pharmacy, you get the magazine rack and they're throwing out maybe baseball cards and so forth. So they just happened to pick up the top Star Wars cards and that was the only place you could get them. And I remember, you know, really kind of getting super into it around the uh, series three. Well, you had five, five series of the original because yep. I think Tops did not realize what they had until, you know, I think they knew they had something pretty, pretty good. And then they kept going back and getting more images. So by series three, I think everybody was kind of into it. Those are the yellow ones, series yeah, three. It went, and then it, it kinda, went blue, red, yellow, yellow, then green, green. and then orange. Okay. Orange I, was the fifth one. It had the, it had the, you know, the making of yeah. um, pictures on it. And, you know, for, if you're talking about 77, 78 now, you know, you're not really seeing that kind of content anywhere unless you're right. picking up maybe a sci-fi magazine or whatnot. And then, of course, you know, the great thing about those cards is they had a lot of movie facts. Yep. Um, See, I don't, the I don't remember collecting the orange. I remember going all the way up through green. And I had everything up through green. And that that's was, the thing that was also, a lot of cards. Yeah. Yeah, they were 66 in each yep. series. And then they were printed in other countries. And so one thing, like, for example, I showed this earlier. Now, this is uh, Topps actually printed printed the blues in Mexico. So this is a Spanish, uh, this, this has, you know, in Spanish here and then in back and, and podcast is going to be riveting, right? Um, and then in Canada, OPG, which had, they sold gum, but also had the license, you know, they have all the licenses for uh, the hockey cards up there. Yeah. They did, they did only three sets and they actually did not get the yellow uh, series three at all. They com- And then they combined the last two into one super orange set. And I, I thought I had them out, but I, I, I thought, OP 
Peachy was the um, was Tops Canada. I thought they were under the same umbrella. No, they they got the license from, and they actually used some of, some of the Tops' stickers. Um, and if you see here, I'll put this up um, in in mm. on the OPG sets. They are in both English and French. Right. Um, but uh, and that was the fun part about going back as a collector is finding out these sets that are in other countries, and then and you know it's almost like rediscovering it. It's um, and it makes it fun. But yeah, that was where it all began, and then you know it that kind of bled into baseball. Probably one of the reasons why I collected baseball when I did. And you know, of course, when you're talking about fifteen cents to twenty five cents a pack, it's pretty easy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you go back now, you could probably have had a whole box of that Blue Series one for five bucks. <laughs> you know? I, I, and then if you kept them sealed, you could sell them for six thousand dollars. Now, I think my dad at one time did buy a whole box because it was one of those. If I did, yes, I was able to buy some at the store, but he also bought a box. So if I did my chores mm, before nice. before I got an allowance, I got a pack of cards. So saves him a trip to the store. I think that's yeah. a pretty shrewd dad. Yeah, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so you know, h- how difficult is it to uh, how difficult is it to collect to collect like cards compared to say other like action figures or other things? Can it, is it difficult to find good cards, good quality cards, um, things like that? Derek, that's a great question, and I think one of the things that if you dabble back in it, you find out pretty quickly is that tops or other companies will make sets for both retail and hobby, and what you get in each different oh, category really? can vary and vary greatly, especially when you're talking about the odds. Now, you know, legally they have to put, you know, since, you know, the way the laws are written, they have to put the odds, uh, you know, of what you can get if you get one of these. And you could actually, you wouldn't even have to purchase right. a pack. You could just get the address. You know, I think you can purchase a pack and get the address off of it and send in, like, you know, the three by five card with, you know, this and to that. And then they have to legally send you back something. But um, I think, you know, when I hadn't collected Star Wars for, you know, since, you know, the last of the Return of the Jedi cards, but when Disney bought them and you had the Force Awakens comes, came, you know, coming out and they released the Journey 2 sets, which had that blue star field, I was at Target and it really sucked me back in. And I bought mm. a lot of those cards there. But, you know, I didn't really get many of the, what they call hits, uh, as, you know, the, 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 the collectors will say. Uh, a lot of those were in the hobby boxes or different kinds of hits. So, so, so do the um, boxes, do the packs have like a certain amount, like you get one rare one, are there multiple different versions, um, rarities and stuff? Because I most of card collecting now I get into, I know from trading card games, from specifically mm-hmm. playing Magic. I played Magic for years and years back when it first started. Right. And you knew it's like in a 15 card pack, you'd get one rare, three uncommons, and the rest were all common cards. Now, do they have a similar spread like in trading cards or is it all pretty much all the same rarity? It's just what you... No, you will, you will have base cards. You will have inserts, you know, like say, for example, the Rise of Skywalker Series 2. And usually like when you get to a Series 2 of like a movie cards, it's more of the scenes, right? Um, the first one, the first series will say drop when a movie comes out, so you can't really give away the farm or some of the scenes. And so you may have inserts, like for example, in an insert set, you might have uh, first order characters. Another one, you'll have uh, resistance characters. And then they might do a, you know, they might do a special little sequence of cards that, you know, highlight something like say, in November, we'll have the Mandalorian season one cards, which we were, you know, looking forward to. So you might have a subset of say bounty hunters versus this. And in a particular pack, and whereas back in the day, the packs might have, you know, 10, 12, 15 cards, you'll typically see eight cards in a, in a hobby, uh, hobby pack. You might see six in a retail pack. Um, and so you probably would get, you know, four to five base cards. You might get one or two insert cards. And, and then the odds go, if you're looking for something like say an autograph or a sketch card, which is something that say since the year, you know, 2001 on, you'll start seeing a lot more sketch cards. So they'll bring in, uh, these, these artists to do it. Um, but you know they're they're they have these rarities and it, and probably some of the most rare cards could be things like printing plates where each card will have maybe four different printing plates of you know you know C Y M K or something like that you know and then so each of these and then you might find uh, autograph cards that have multiple signatures on them if there is in certain sets that get a little more expensive you know like a lot of times now the autographs on a card will be like a sticker so that let's say they sent out a, bu- a sheets of stickers to Carrie Fisher years ago which they did and she'll 
will sign the stickers and then send them back to Tops, and they can use them on whatever sets they like. And they can keep some in the vault to where, okay, I'm going to release a higher-end set, and we'll put some on, you know, we'll have some Carrie Fisher signatures out there. Um, some higher-end sets you might have on-card signatures, right? I'm kind of getting in the weeds a bit, but... So, yeah, you, just like just like a, you know, a Magic card or a Pokemon, you'll get X number of, like, commons. You get some rares. In some cases, you'll get, like, a, you know, like a, a very nice, we call it hit. And you'll see in hobby boxes, and these are ones that are sold in, you know, especially card stores, um, boxes usually contain what they call a guaranteed hit. One of the reasons why in, say, a Rise of Skywalker box, that box is going to retail for about $80. And so, you know, they'll they'll guarantee a collector at least two hits, as they call them. One will be an autog- autograph guaranteed, and you'll see another one that could be a relic card, which is of the ones you've seen of the newer era, you know, like, say, a little piece of a fabric that was used on the Millennium Falcon. Uh, that's in the, the Rise of Skywalker one. You see, sometimes you'll see parts of the same fabric that was used in a uniform. Um, the Force Awakens, the Journey to the Force Awakens had some Stormtrooper bits, right? Little little pieces um, of chunks of the armor put in there from a, maybe a prop or a used one, uh, which are very nice. And, uh, you know, so you, and that's one of the things I think of the more modern era of cards is the fact that you can insert pieces of things, whether it's a medallion, whether it's a patch, whether it's a relic. Uh, those are the things that, um, in some cases, or even film cells. One of my favorites cards I have is a film cell where you can actually, uh, this was from the 40th anniversary uh, set that was done a few years ago and, and there was basically a little, you know, it's like a several different version, film versions of the of the film, but you see a little film cell where it's like just one little, and then you're like, I have one that was from A New Hope. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, I think people when they're collecting, you know, I think if you're starting back in and, and you're in, you're making a Target run or you're making a Walmart run, it's very, you know, you're in line or you, the cards are near checkout, which makes it easy. You can grab one. And just like anything else, I think it depends on what you want to get. Um, I think sometimes people just like, just like if you're buying a Black Series figure, uh, I think anybody who cracks open a Black Series figure, you know, revisits their past where they just, it was just something to play with. And I think cards, you know, whether you started with Pokemon or, or, or Magic or Star Wars or baseball, there's just that thrill of opening that up. And the cards in some cases, you know, some people do it for profit. Uh, some people do it to flip. But I think a lot of times people, you know, when you're talking about all of us now are collectors and we all have too much space. So, you know, a, a set of cards are, you know, it's nice. It's something nice and it's compact. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it uh, definitely is a bigger game, I think. And that's a longer answer to your question, uh, Derek, Derek and Ken. But uh, it, it, <laughs> it makes it it makes it fun. Yeah, you were saying with some of the insert stuff that there, that, um, but you said you got out uh, right around the end of Return of the Jedi, right? So you missed the Galaxy series from the 90s? Yes. Now, I was abroad in the 90s. And so, yeah, when Topps decided after 10 years to come back in because the direct market uh, was booming. And at this time, you have to remember the late 80s, you know, the late 80s to mid 90s was that huge card boom, especially in sports and baseball, uh, which ended up killing the Golden Goose. You know, you go to and try to get a, a rookie Ken Griffey card from 89 and there's a million of them because, you know, companies like Umper Deck and Topps, everybody was just, they couldn't print enough cards. And, you know, so Topps, you know, they, everybody was kind of, and then, you know, card stores were opening up everywhere. So in which case, you know, I think Topps then probably took the took the initiative to go, well, I think there's a market out there for entertain, you know, Star Wars to come back. And so they introduced, you know, the, the Galaxy series. And then eventually they started getting into experimenting with, you know, like wide vision cards and things like that. The 90s sets, uh, which I started getting back into, I think you, you, you start with the present, you work your way back. Uh, it's nice revisiting those 90s sets because some of them are very much of their age, especially, you know, like with the fonts and things. But um, you could really see, you know, like in that whole time, I think as we get further away from, you know, the before time, you know, that period between Return of the Jedi and The Phantom Menace, you know, it's it's an interesting era to go back and look through whether you're expanded universe or you're looking at the sets they're putting out because, you know, nobody thought they were going to make any more films. And so, you know, what kind of markets out there? What kind of interest is for a franchise that stopped making films in 83? Okay, 85 if you want to put the Ewoks out there. But, you know, I, I think a lot of people have, you know, have, have kind of like me have kind of come back to The Phantom Menace. But I think it may take a few more years before, you know, the Ewok adventures really are something I can go revisit. But, you know, put it on Disney Plus, I'll watch it. There's been a push to try and get it on Disney Plus. Uh, back when we had uh, Kevin, who was one of the Ewoks. 
was in the Ewok Adventures and uh, Eric Walker when we had him on. Uh, Kevin Thompson and Eric Walker, uh, both of them have been trying to make the push to bring those two movies onto Disney+. Plus. Well, and, and what you were talking to Bruce. Bruce was saying that, you know, every time they release something, there's that there's that reinvigoration of the holiday special. Yeah. And now you even have, you know, you know Filoni and Company. We know what they've taken from the holiday special. And then, of course, what I think the Blurgs are also from the Ewok or the, those two movies. Yeah, they're from the Ewok. Ewok. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, as much as we, you know, we go, hey, you can you can chide the, the content or the quality of it. You know, it's all Star Wars at the end. And there is something, you know, it, you can't you can't throw everything out because, you know, there was a time when we would take even the droids cartoon, you know, where you go, well, OK, I was in high school. I didn't really pay much attention to it. But, you know, they, they're still there's still kids that grew up in that era. Just like, you know, now the kids who are watching uh, what the Jedi Temple was it the Jedi Temple Challenge on yep. YouTube. Yes. Yep. And, uh, you know, some this is this is going to be the entry point for some of these some of these younger fans and they're the ones that are going to be carrying the franchise long after we're you know two two marbles left in our head and yeah. and, and a lot of plastic well right? the funny thing you wonder though with some of that stuff how much of it might be rights issues or other issues or whatever because disney plus if you look at their marvel stuff they i mean they put all you know a bunch of the old animated series on and everything uh like you know the old the old spider-man and his amazing friends and everything mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously they must they must realize there is an audience for it. But but Derek. So it makes you wonder. But Derek, Disney Plus just put on your favorite film. Uh, <laughs> you know what kills me too? The Fantastic saw, Flop. I, uh, I saw an article where it said um, D- Disney Plus finally put their, their first Fox Marvel movie on. And then I saw it was that one. I'm like, come on, don't make that one the first. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You're right, Spade. else has it. No, no one else wanted it. No one else wanted it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, well, FX had it for a while, but then again, it's their product. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were like obligated. I wonder who has the rights to the old Captain America a family lineup. show. Uh, what channel was question? That's a great question. I was watching some something um, something was I was like scanning through something and I saw the Captain America and he's, of course he's got the motorcycle helmet and the really cheesy yep. plastic see-through shield yep. and it was something where you know he flips the shield and supposedly it comes back and hits the guy and he has to act like he just got hit by something and you're like wow uh, you know it, that hasn't aged well but yeah I wonder <laughs> you know, like the old Incredible Hulk or remember late 70s had a bunch of um, they tried to make a whole lot of superhero stuff on movie or TV back in the 70s that's what that's in a lot lot of those the original network still owns the rights to the show oh wow it was released right. That's why, um the incredible hulk i think is um it's on nbc's streaming right now because they actually originally broadcast oh, both, both yeah. captain both captain america movies uh captain america and captain america 2 death too soon <laughs> appeared on cbs <laughs> So more than likely, when CBS relaunches, that's the where you're going to possibly try to find that. Uh, the distributor yeah. was NBC Universal Television. I, uh, oh, mm. maybe. Well, it NBC looks is like for, in July. Yeah, that looks like that was for maybe the the movies, the DVD releases. Yeah, it's NBC so Universal. Mid July, and they actually just saw commercials for it. And it's free. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, um, yeah. Well, yeah, I've the production co- for free because they have Comcast. Yeah. Yeah. Production company was Universal television for, for both it so it's universal has the rights to to those two you have to wonder if disney would go after some of those just to have them all or you know like it, it's sort of a mixed bag on the one hand it's like it is content legacy content that there's going to be an audience for but on the other hand the the Do they, they have an age well yeah who who wants it uh, but then again you know if you if if you said if you if you were making the call to put the holiday special on disney plus let me ask you three would you do it of course yes in a heartbeat because every, everybody makes fun of it Maybe. but every one of us has sat down and watched it more than once probably right <laughs> who who of us who of us don't own a cop i do not I own don't. a cop i still have mine sitting here from last week i have oh can you put my... that back up on the screen because i heard you mention that and then you were talking yeah. about like it was this dvd quote unquote it, 
I got it at the flea market, so it's a bootleg DVD. Oh, nice. See, I I downloaded like, mine. To, I downloaded mine, burned it all to. Blur off. I downloaded mine, burned it all to DVD because I, I was able to get it with some of the extras, supposed extras, supposed extras. Um, oh, and, oh, that's nice, Ken. I like that. And then I found, and it came with its own uh, DVD case cover, case art. Oh, yeah. Cool. So my my well, case art looks long. different than the his. Mine, oh, look, okay. mine looks like the the huts, the um, she cuts. You'll, you'll remember this, and Mike might, but um, because um, you guys spend Ghoulie out there, but you remember the Ghoul and Son of Ghoul yep, at all? Yep. We had Son of Ghoul here in Northeast Ohio, which was Gulardi. It was um basically supposed to be Son of Gulardi, and he actually still um you can see him out of the flea market selling bootleg DVDs. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. hysterical! I think that's who I got this from. <laughs> Well, in Central Ohio, you also had Fritz the Night Owl, who was on Channel yeah. Ten CBS out of Columbus, Ohio. And uh, but yeah, no, Sven Gulli was actually at C two this year. Um, yeah. Only the reason I know that is because I was in a line for Ray Carson uh, to get her to sign the Rise of Skywalker novelization, and there was nobody in line, but everybody was lined up to see Sven Gulli. And I went, I was like, "Is this the line for?" And I went up. So actually, for the time I was waiting for Ray Carson to come out and sign, I was watching the uh, Sven Gulli line, and, and you know, it's one of those now where the the makeup or or in Fritz's case, Fritz the Night Owl had these big sunglasses. Uh, they are covering up, you know, you can't really tell that they've aged because heavy makeup and props oh, yeah. are what's keeping, you know, but give it to them. Yeah. Uh, they have that lasting apart. But I think I think you were all also making a case for the, the Ewok movies that we should own them. Also. We should have them on Disney Plus, I think. We you should. Know, we we, ha- we yeah. should own it. We, we should own the good and the bad. I, I, I know those ones, Lucasfilm owns the rights to because they did put out the um, DVDs of those. Yeah. Okay. They put them on DVD, what, 10 years well, ago? They, years ago? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was all during yeah. the time that the uh, the movies they did they did the the, uh, the Ewok movies was one case but two discs. Yeah, uh, double sided disc. Uh, they did the same thing with droids and Ewoks cartoons, where you got it was a select amount of them. It wasn't nowhere near the full yeah, run you, of either one. You you got one whole story arc on both, so you got four the episodes same, of each. But I want to I want to see those on Disney should do Disney Plus. Oh yes, well, those aired on ABC. The thing that the thing that Disney should do if they were smart is you know people want it. Sure, you're gonna get it eventually, and we're ready because you don't want to dump everything at once. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you this. Does do, do any of you collect cards? I hate to put you on the spot. Um depends on the I have collected some of the card I, games. And then the cards that I'm collecting I'm now collecting. are like the playing deck cards. Okay. Uh, I have some of the uh, I have some that friends have given me, um, but the car, the two card decks I want to get next are from Theory Eleven, who they made all the uh, they make a lot of cards for magicians, okay, uh, like Neil Patrick Harris, um, a few others, and they made the cards that were seen and used in Now You See Me Too, um, but they make a dark side light side that uh, two different decks, they're ten bucks each, light side and a dark side. Um, 52 card deck um, that I, I want to pick up as well and add to my my card collection. Nice. And what about you, Derek? I do not currently collect any cards. I used to be heavily into collecting different cards back in when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I collected a lot of. I had a whole run of X. Well, not a whole run. I wish I had a whole run, but I had a bunch of X Men cards. I collected some Ghost Rider cards. Nice. Uh, so I had uh, I had cards from. I don't, I don't know if you know if you're familiar with the. There's a an artist, comic artist called Joseph Michael Linsner. Um, he was always one of my favorite. Favorite, so I had a bunch of I had a collection of his cards, um, and and yeah, so I haven't I haven't collected cards in years. I used to have binders and binders of cards. <laughs> um, but talking to you now is kind of getting me interested in uh, going back into it, possibly. I, I I try to have that effect on people if I can. Um, <laughs> I, I wear I have to wear the evangel. Well, it's, it's working for me. <laughs> do any of you Ken? Do you uh, do you collect or have you even opened um, uh, Star Wars? Card trader app. I have um, a bunch of the. I don't know which ones I had because I was. Li- I'm younger than you guys by j- just a couple of years. Ago, so um, I was actually born se- end of '76. So okay. um, I was in there when like the Empire cards started coming out and stuff. I was uh, so I have some of those. Actually, I still have them in the attic somewhere. But um, those I ended up getting a lot of a lot of the um, Batman '90 '89 cards, and um, I had some 
with Dick Tracy too. Because uh, oh, nice. Pops learned from Star Wars and started making cards for everything. They, I mean, they had stuff for Superman. They had stuff for every any movie that could possibly make cards out of. They did. I had I had some so, of the Superman cards. I had uh, some of the Buck Rogers cards as well. Uh-huh. How about yeah. Close Encounters? I had Close Encounters. Oh, yeah. They had cards for that. Oh, yes. Yeah. And those stickers used to be all over my uh, chest of drawers at the consternation of my mom who, you know, like, let's just slap a sticker on a piece of wood and then let that sit up there for a while. That's what happened to pretty much all my stickers as well, especially the classic ones, is, you know, stickers, just like toys, they get ripped out and used. Stickers get, get used. And probably one of the most expensive things I've done is to go back and piece together those classic stickers from Star Wars. Um, you know, whereas, you know, they came one to a pack, uh, they don't they don't come that easy anymore. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think, you know, the stories, like what you're saying, I think a lot of it, you go back and what's nice is, is that, you know, I think those cards are usually in pretty good shape because they'll be in, in, in an attic in a box like they were for years for me. I think I have, what, 20 some binders now, but up until The Force Awakens came out, I had maybe one. And so, you know, it's it doesn't take much to reinvigorate. And like I said, you know, when you're, you don't necessarily have to be a heavy collector, but you're in line, you, you go past and you see, well, you know, would be classically a blaster box where in some cases you'll see individual packs. And I think, you know, when you get Star Wars and that, that compact little thing and, you know, there's that, what am I going to see? Or if it's a movie, you know, like, you know, typically it's tied into a movie or like right now, uh, still in stores, you have um, the journey of the child from the Mandalorian. So Tops, uh, in their wisdom, put together a $10 box that had uh, 36 cards and it's all the child. And oh, yeah, I got to get that. It's still in stores. And what's nice is that you get the whole set in one box. It's really, you know, it, it's so it's an easy in, easy out. Heck, you don't even, like, I almost bought two just to keep, you know, the, the one sealed in the box. Um, yeah. But, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to, it's not heavily invested. You get some nice scenes. There's a couple of inserts uh, you can get if you want to get multiple. But um, I think for a, a, a casual, you know, I think as Star Wars fans, we're all, we all can kind of blend into, you know, there's some of us who are like harder core into cards, but, you know, uh, okay, that figure looks pretty cool. Or maybe I'll get that Funko or maybe I'll get that Lego. And I think that, you know, card, mm-hmm. you know, tops who has the exclusive license for Star Wars in the U.S. It's like, it's smart putting out things that go or during the Mandalorian or something, you know, they'll have these online sets where you can pick up one, you know, like you can pick up the, they had chapters like five card sets during each week that they released for a week. Um, and, you know, maybe like, well, I don't really care about that, but I like the fact that this card, these cards came from a favorite episode I had. They come in a little case and then I don't have to worry about the rest, you know, so you can kind of get what you want out of it. But a lot of it is just having that little piece that it's almost like that little souvenir kit. If I was going to go into Disneyland, it's like getting that pin or something that goes, I really like that. And I think Tops now also does it for sports where a major event in a World Series where you have this home run or this particular thing and they have this Tops now card, but it's only up for a certain amount of time, but you can have that. Um, you like when the Rays were in the playoffs and they did that also where right. uh, we had a really good game. I forget which one it was. And there was a great play and they did a tops now card for him going, I'm buying that because, you know, it's, it's almost like having that playoff gear. But I, I think it's, you know, for folks, like I said, if they're looking for something and, you know, say like a new black series figure comes out, it's 2495 or it's, you have to pre-order this or, you know, God help you if you want to try to get that build a bear child, which I think I <laughs> yeah. missed the first three times that then you get in line and go, that's $50. Never mind. Uh, yeah. Got it on first try. <laughs> Now, when it very first time they released it, I went to go get it later in the day because it came out, I think, around in March. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, called my wife. I I didn't tell her. I got home. I said, they released the child. Build-A-Bear released the child. She goes, okay, well, we'll see if we can get it. Went, uh, sold out. Oh, well, I guess not. Well, then they released it again on May 4th when my mom said she wanted to get it from for my daughter. So nice. So I got the email saying, hey, we're going to do it. So I called my mom. Still want to get it for her? Yep. Cool. Got in line. Got into the queue. Then got into the virtual waiting room. Mm-hmm. By, time, by the time that the whole, by the time I checked out, I was like two hours, 15 minutes wait but we got it and i and my daughter just loves the fact that i mean she loves having it and she goes you know yeah i'm disappointed we didn't get it the first time but it means more getting it on star wars day than it does because the because when they send it with the birth certificate it's dated it was dated oh, may 5th right. or may 4th so so yeah but there's a story behind now, it that's what makes it so yeah. good yeah something that's attached to it i have a couple of questions now uh first of all have you have you you 
mentioned that the collecting app that they have, have you ever used that at all? And, and what are your thoughts on it? So you're talking about the star Wars card trader app. Yes. I got in, yes. I got in very early in 2015 was when it was released, but I, mm-hmm. I left and then came back later that year. I have had uh, very heavy years and I have had lighter years, but I am a steady user. Um, one of the things that make it interesting is that I always call it like a uh, tops labs because there are, and you actually can find um, one of the desi- uh, one of the designers, um, uh, Brandon, is on Twitter. I think he's the Brandalorian, and you know he's very engaging with fans. And you can you know you can engage them, and you'll see these different designs uh, for cards that will never be released physically, but they will bring in cards that that came from the physical world. Uh, right now, uh, they were doing the Women of Star Wars, which was released back around March, and some of these cards you'll see are cards that would be very hard to get physically. You'll see some of the insert sets or you'll see some of the signatures. And uh, I had a fellow who got back in um, and then pulled a Ray signature, Uh even doing free to play. And, you know, whereas I think if you play for a while, you kind of you see you kind of get patterns of, you know, how hard it is or how easy it is. And you can decide whether or not whether it's this, you know, like you can spend real money on it. Uh, And some some people have an issue with spending real money on digital images. But I think it's like anything else. It's it's a disposable like if I go and buy a cup of coffee as opposed to just bringing one from home or something, sometimes you go, it's my entertainment, whether or not I spend that or not. But I think, you know, Tops, who has multiple different games, whether it's baseball or football or hockey, um, they'll have, there's a Marvel app, Disney one and so forth. Some of them, like if you have more of an attachment to it, like, you know, Disney Collect, which was their, one of their newer ones, uh, was all fun and games until they did a black hole set. And then, you know, then everything was off the table. I'm like, I'm going to finish that set. Because uh, I think some of those images were from the, from the cards. But, you know, some of the more expensive ones in the Star Wars card trader was when they would release the 77 ones. And they did three, they did the first three, you know, long time ago. And I got it kind of expensive. But it is something where when you're walking around with a collection, I think I have over 100,000 cards at this point. It gets a little wow. nuts. Wow. But, but, you know, a lot of that is picking up dupes. And if you want to have, talk about like having binders full of dupes, or you want to have something where you can flip through and you can organize, essentially, you know, it's a digital photo album. But it is kind of fun. And it's developing that community. And that's one of the nice things about Twitter. Like, there's a community within, but I found a community outside in Twitter um, where I can, you know, we can kind of discuss and we help out, you know, people are kind of getting back in and it's, it's casual, right? It's not, you know, I know folks in, in even podcasts who are, you know, these are hardcore folks and they play accordingly and they have a good time and they, you know, they, they, they do their thing there. And, and like I said, it's depending upon how much you want to invest in it. I think some people like opening packs, regardless whether it's digital or physical. Some people like the trading aspect. Some people like the chase, the rarity. Um, I think it can be fun because you always have your phone with you. You can go always through through and flip and there's a chase and there's different odds, but um, it's certainly, you can do it now. And I think that they have worked better to make it, if you're just doing into being it free, you know, back in the days when it first launched, you know, you go in, collect your credits and you're out and you're done. You might try a couple, buy a couple of packs, you finish your, your set of coins or whatever, and you're done. Now there's different things in there that you can pick up a card here and there. And I think the best thing, if you're free to play, and sorry, I'm going to go on, I'm going on about this. Um, if you are free to play and you can pick up the free packs and they're, you know, like they have the base cards and you'll often get a lot of base cards. Well, like I do in Bunt or which is the baseball, if you're free to play, it takes you a long time to fill a set. And so regardless of what kind of pack you're opening, even if it's the free ones, you'll still get cards like right now, Huddle, uh, Tops lost the license for the NFL. So their Huddle app is really, you know, it's, it's cut off at the knees. And so all it is, is 2020 cards. And so I said, you know what? Screw it. I'll go in there, pick up only the free cards. I pick up coins, but I've been slowly filling out all the teams. You know, there are what, 30 teams, 50 cards each. And it becomes something to where it's kind of like this chase for a card set. Sometimes you just like as a collector, you like to be a completist and you go, I just like going through, there's some cool cards, free cards. Sometimes there's holiday stuff. And so, um, you know, kind of finish out Derek, if I, if I came close to answering your question, um, it's fun. And I think for a casual fan, it's a way that you don't have to put a lot of skin in the game if you don't want. And then you can find, especially uh, if you're on Twitter or, you know, I am corn fed tech in the app, um, or you can find me on Twitter. We can, we, uh, we have this little group called card squadron that I'll hashtag a lot. And sometimes uh, people just say, Hey, Oh, you're getting back in. Oh, Hey, I've got some do something throw you something. I'll throw you something to get you started. Um, you know, Dan Zara of coffee with Kenobi, his kid was kind of getting into it. So we threw him a bunch of cards to kind of get him going and it was fun. And then, you know, he comes 
comes back and, you know, he's a baller now. This this eight-year-old is kind of quite the baller. And he comes back with some gnarly trades and you're going, and then you have to go, I'm a 50-year-old man, you know, trying to square off against this eight-year-old. I'm going to lose every time. Uh, but, but it's fun. Uh, well, to answer your question, yes, she did answer my question quite well, actually. <laughs> um, because I've been, I've, I keep seeing, you know, I keep seeing it pop up ads for it and stuff. I'm like, mm, I don't know, should I, should I not? But I don't know, it sounds kind of interesting, actually. I might have to check it out. Yeah, it's fun. I would say, you know, give it a shot. And what's nice is kind of like the, you know, we, we keep kind of probably ignoring like Star Wars is on. Like when you, you think of StarWars.com as, say, a static web page, but really it gets updated a lot. Uh, the Star Wars app probably gets updated more than what we think. We just don't go in it because you think of it as something you go, well, am I gonna only going to look at it if a movie's coming out or kind of like the Disney app, right? Um, right. The Disney app came real handy when I was at, you know, you know, in Orlando at one of the parks. But I think it'd probably be something where if I went back into it and you go, oh, I can, you know, you'd probably pick up a lot to where the next time you're actually going to one of these things, you know, you'd be like, oh, that I now I know what to do. When I was at, when I was uh, in Galaxy's Edge, I didn't even think about opening up the app because you're just trying to see everything and going, well, there's these other experiences. And so, you know, it's something that if you can right. carry around your collection on your phone, um, you know, it's, it's kind of nice because you have that connection to it. And, uh, you know, you can get just just frustrated. Uh, you know, a lot of you know, like there's there's odds that'll make you go nuts or you'll blow a lot of coins and you didn't get anything. But, you know, sometimes people just collect certain characters they caught you or they hoard them uh, mm-hmm. where you go, hey, I like yeah, I want to see just cards of Captain Rex. And you put on the th- trade feed to go. All right. I pulled this insert. I don't care anything about I go in the trade feed. And I say um, hoarding, you know, hoarding obscure character, you know, Dak from Empire Strikes Back. And then, you know, you'll get this yeah. flood of cards or you'll find somebody who's doing that. I, I, uh, I hoard or collect uh, Commander Pi from resistance. Um, and I found that made it easy oh, because, interesting. you know, some of the folks I deal with, maybe you're getting back in. Well, if I have a hundred thousand cards, you know, you're like, well, I don't, you don't have any, I don't have anything you want. Right. And I go, no, um, I wanted to be able to trade with you and have some fun. And so I'm collecting this certain character. So uh, Pyre is a very common card you're going to get right now in this set. I, I have an extra one of these. You need this insert. I'd like to have an extra Pyre. We all win. And that's where it makes it fun. And you can have these, it, it gives it another dimension rather than just, well, I can only trade with people that that have as many cards as me because, you know, I collect a lot of cards and I put money into the games. So it's just trying to find different ways and it, it makes it fun. It makes it fun for everybody in theory. No. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the, it started card trading adjacent kind of, well, right in the middle of it, but in a different way. Did you ever get into the old Decipher um, Star Wars trading card game cards? Or have you ever yeah. checked those out since then? Oh, uh, I used yes. to love those. Um, as a matter of fact. That's actually, that was my gateway to playing Magic. Was It was originally Star Trek. They, they put it the Trek Next Generation was the first card game I ever found. And then, yep, then I got Star Wars. And then from there, I moved on to Magic. And then it was game over. Let's see. Now I the, played, I played now the, the current Wars version. One instead of Magic. Now I the actually, current version of that is Destiny. Destiny, yes. Um, Actually, there was, in Newark, Ohio, there was a uh, comic book store that was also a gaming uh, gaming place. And um, the folks who ran that were actually playtesters for Decipher's Star Wars uh, okay. card trading game. Uh, they actually have their name buried in, uh, Gary Marcus has his name buried in the credits. Um, but I, when I got back to the States and I left the States right before magic hit. And then when I came back the first time in 96, I heard a lot of st- the, 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 the tales of woe as very similar to destiny. You know, magic came out, took the world by storm at places, couldn't order enough of them. So there was a huge shortage of them, you know, like they couldn't get them in fast enough. And then they got to where they were over ordering. And then when the orders finally came in, you know, it's kind of like something from trading places, right? You're going, well, we don't have that kind of money. And it put, it put some places is out of business just because, you know, that that bell curve, it was huge. They couldn't get enough, get, get enough. And Star Wars Destiny, which I did play, and I do have a number of cards from that, it was very same. Uh, it became very popular. I think Fantasy Flight was taken aback at how popular it was. And you just couldn't get it. And, you know, prices went up. And, you know, that's, now... It, isn't Destiny the one that's based on um, dice? Yeah, dice yes. involved okay. with it as well. So for the longest time, Fantasy Flight had They're another really living good. card game, and I can't... I didn't play that, where, you know, all the cards were out, and they're, you know... Mm-hmm. But with the with Destiny, it was also a customizable, you know, collecting card game. You know, so you got these packs that had random ones in it, and then there was dice for each character. It was a uh, it's a great game. Now they lost the license for it. I think once after Rise of Skywalker came out, um, I think their license was up. And Fantasy Flight, which still I think make their bones on the figures for I think X Wing and yeah, then the Legion, yeah, even the RPG. And so I think Decipher, unfortunately, or excuse me, you know, um, FFG decided that Destiny, you know, they were gonna. They 
they put out enough, but um, I got to play a little bit, was in a league for a short time. I, I thought it was, the mechanics are amazing, but the problem was, I think like with anything else, it's like you start to accumulate dice like a demon and mm-hmm. then you just carry around buckets of dice. And so I, I would have loved to have seen, you know, now Tops does do attacks and in the United States you have top uh, kick for their, uh, for um, soccer or football. In the UK you have uh, Tops attacks for Star Wars, or I don't know if they're still actively making it, but they release those only in the UK. And I would give, you know, a left kidney for some of those cards only because anything like made outside the US you're like ooh I think um, I picked up at one point a starter deck of the WWE attacks game mm-hmm. they had a wrestling yes. attacks game also I think that's still out there as well and uh, but yeah you you know it's it's just another way to enjoy card collecting and I think you know now Tops also did around the Force Awakens they did the Galactic Connections which was the plastic hexagon discs it was a yes. Walmart exclusive and that was to me was the, the, the uh, there's two things that kind of killed that for me which was the fact that it was plastic and it was Walmart exclusive so you had to you were at the wits the whims of if the Walmart really you know Walmarts are notorious around here for a you know, very poor card you know organization if you know that yeah. it's just here there and everywhere Target it's everywhere that's yeah. all the yeah. ones <laughs> Target does a little better job but you know it's one of those you know sometimes just like if you're seeing something whether it's you know whether it's a, a figure or a Lego or something you know if it's maybe something out of your regular loop you have to make that decision it's like I know that's that's going to be uncommon do I take a stab even though it's not necessarily in my wheelhouse right. and how do I know whether it's valuable or not and I think that's you know but well, uh, that comes down to though is it valuable to you exactly, exactly. Right. that's anything you're collecting yeah. I, it's like if you're collecting for money I don't think you'll ever be happy if you're collecting to make it to say hey this is gonna put my kids through college someday that's not gonna do it for you <laughs> you need to find something that makes that's it may be worth absolutely nothing but to you it's priceless right. exactly it, it goes back to the it goes back to what you're saying Michael the your, the Wonder Bread cards or you know there was there's there's a connection between you and that piece you have see and, i would i would love to go back and get the original wonder bread cards those are going to cost me a fortune i know not as much as you think depending upon really? what you feel you could go on ebay and you can see various prices because some people will get them graded or they'll put them in like little plastic slabs they'll get them graded um and some you could buy but um it's not as expensive as you think but you know especially okay. if you consider that they were free right then then you know then anything is but you know when I look back and when I assembled that that Wonder Bread set and I look I got to look at it for the first time and you start seeing things like uh, they misspelled Millennium Falcon they were you know like you know they become these time capsules of what they knew now Tops actually did make those for Wonder Bread they just didn't put their name on them right but you there's well, just this and they, and they had and they had ages wrong too mm-hmm. on some of the characters yeah and you know you get this little of like this is what was known in the universe or known to that licensee at that time and sometimes that makes it all but I think they're actually really gorgeous looking cards they were they were yeah. very nice and for me that one card now I got rid of all but the one Princess Leia you know it became this one card out of all the rest of them that were clearly you know they're color coded and it was just this one little card that was sort of odd I'm surprised I kept it but it becomes now like one of my favorite cards because my mom you know like it's a story I can tell my mom bought eight loaves and this is all we had and 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 you know it's amazing that they didn't protect try to protect the card at all and you know of course mine is a little darker on the bottom because it was facing against the end of the bread um, and now it's sort of like it's the Jar Jar um, it's the Jar Jar you know uh, 7-Eleven tin or it's the Denny's card for Solo you know why did Denny's all of a sudden decide that let's let's do these uh, and I have boy I have them all it took me three trips to Denny's to get them all but I got them wow I got one pack <laughs> see I, I didn't even realize they were doing it so I never I never went that was the other weird thing because th- there was almost no uh, marketing there was very little marketing for it and now it comes back to where the fact that you know Solo just being now what it is you know you get on this side of Solo and you're very surprised how much marketing was put into an effort and how probably poor all those decisions not necessarily that they made Denny's cards but the fact that that they did not give Solo enough time to breathe to where there was no build up for it there was and, no right. there was no real marketing for it right so but, but then you have like it's still like the opening night where at least in our theater there was a theater here that we got uh, uh, we got a couple of pins there was the dice you know the metal dice and then a very nice poster and you know or like you know like the the, the tins AMC put out for you know the last Jedi and you know the rise of Skywalker some of these things are just you know it's it's bonkers but who knows if we'll ever get anything like that again for right. you know do you think Mandalorian would put out something maybe because now it's a known entity and you don't have to worry about you know but um, 
Yeah, these collection, these pieces of our collection have these really weird stories to them um, that fill the holes with all the stuff we can pile in the house anyway. That does, you know, that you go, well, it'd be nice if they had a story to it. But right, I just got... where where can people find you online? I am at Rebel Base Card on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, thanks to Instagram making me get a Facebook page. Um, mm-hmm. In most of the podcatching apps, the major ones like Apple and and Spotify and Google, you can do the Rebel Base Card podcast. Um, um, but I also put a link in the Instagram uh, page, which is you know typically the hub. Um, but that's where or rebelbasecard.com. I usually that's where I put the show notes for. And uh, we had an article with uh, recently that I had an artist named David Rabbit who who um, was nice enough to answer some questions. And uh, but it was all it was not spoken. It was you know written up. So I I put that in the in the website as well. Which one of these days you know I think websites are like I'm never quite happy with how it looks. I've got to figure out one of these days how to properly yeah. make one. But uh, that's that's yeah. where they can. Find it's a challenge. I can tell you that. But uh, so. we're all in this together. Um, let me ask you this. Um, were you guys planning to go to Celebration? Uh, this year? No. Uh-huh. I was yeah. not. I, I, a little too far away. Plus, work, work was going to get in the way this year. The fact that it's two years now away, does that does that change it for any of you? Maybe. Maybe. Nope. Celebrations are built on hope. <laughs> See, I'm. I go, but that's a lot of money. Celebrations, like all the way out to California. Yeah, celebrations a pipe dream for me. Just like San Diego Comic Con, I'd love love to go someday if I'll ever actually get to. See, for for me, it's one of those. I'd much rather um, see them put D twenty three permanently, like it is now in Anaheim, and make Orlando the permanent home for celebration, and do do it do even number year celebration, odd number years D twenty. Since they already do D twenty D twenty three on in odd years, and then they bounce up between the two coasts. Yeah, well, since they've already got celebration and D twenty three running, I'm wondering how long till Disney decides they want to try to do a Marvel Comics Central one. Ooh, mm. we we have talked about that over on My uh, Marvel Geeks. At this point, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think there'd be enough guests for it, and and I the uh, the other reason I asked is that you know it'd be yeah, obviously it'd be nice once we're past COVID to uh, press the flesh as it were uh, with you guys in person, but I'm wondering. Wondering, had you uh, had you had a chance to meet up or uh, with other ones? And I, I know that there's a Orlando has a con of sorts. Uh, uh, MegaCon, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I, I have uh, I have other issues with MegaCon at the moment. Ah, uh, I see, I see. But uh, I would hope there'd be a chance I would get to see you guys uh, and at least shake a hand. Um, well, this was fun. oh yeah. Well, actually, um, I get out to C2E2 at some point because, like you said, um, where I'm at in Ohio is only six and a half, seven hours from Chicago. So that's a nice thing. Like you said, where I'm at, Northeast Ohio, I'm eight hours from New York, eight hours from Chicago. Yep. And, cool. and I think you would I think you would enjoy C2, and I think it's big enough, um, even like say even Derek, that if you said, you know, San Diego is a bit too far, you know, C2 is in, you know, was in the same, you know, convention center that Celebration was, and it's quite big and there's, it covers such a large area that, you know, yes, the Star Wars area is fairly small, but there is something there for everyone, and, and uh, you know, uh, I last year I think I met uh, John Barrowman from uh, Doctor Who, who I wasn't oh, expecting cool. to get in line with, but he couldn't huh. have been nicer. He was in front of his booth. He, you know, he he took he took your selfie because he knew you were going to be too nervous to take it. But I think there's huh. something. But I would That's say awesome. if you're coming out for C2, um, I, I think it's worth it at least to do once uh, because it's yeah. a good it's a good major con that still isn't an arm and a leg. And hopefully by next year, you know, we'll be yeah. it'll still it'll be more of what it would, would normally be. Yeah, I have a couple. Well, other friends out there in Chicago also. So, well, I, I'm gonna say, let's, I mean, let's, you know, let's, we, we have. Uh... <laughs> let's let's take this to after show because we are running out of time. Well, so I'm so sorry. Here, uh, real quick, one more thing. Um, I want to say you're already one of my um podcast heroes because I've tried to do a show by myself and it, I can't figure out how to make it work. The fact that you can do your show by yourself that is amazing, man. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Um, you know, it, it's definitely. A different it dynamic. is hard, but uh, in listening to you guys, I, I what I like is there's there's definitely you know there's different different personalities, but also a dynamic that I think each of you kind of bring to the table. And you know, as someone who does you know like like I said, it's something where I don't mind. I, I try to get guests on as much as I can because it's less less listening to me talk and more listening to them. And uh, yeah, you love hearing a story. Um, but you know, it's one of those where I, I do have a like I said, I do have a bit of an audio background, and you know, I I think if you keep providing content and, and good content. Content and you, you take the listener seriously or you taking a look, um, you're, you're giving me some of your time and that's very valuable. 
not only to me but to you. I, I want to try, at least try to give you know give it give something back, and it's fun. And and some of the friends that I have made, and some of the you know some I just love learning more, and it just makes the your love of the love of the hobby, love of the the franchise that much further. And there's just so many people doing such great work, you know. And I'm I'm a podcast listener first and foremost before I'm a podcast creator, and so I I like listening. You know, it's like going past a magazine rack, and there's all these different podcasts, all these different things, yep. and mm-hmm. you know someone's gonna have something you really love. And like I said, I'm, I'm taking up a lot of you guys' time, but uh, it was such a pleasure, and it was one of those where I saw it in the Twitter feed. I'm going, hey, you know, it, um, spreading the love a little bit, but also getting to learn a little bit uh, and finding you know somebody in my backyard, somebody where I used to live in Florida, and then you know somebody who I know. I don't know Derek if you're you know if you're Massachusetts, that means you're a Red Sox fan. Uh, I'm not really a baseball fan, so. Well, good because when when the Red Sox come to Tropicana Field, it becomes an away game for the for the race. So I, I like you more even there. But anyway, I, I want to say thanks. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, uh, pleasure. And on that note, only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jets, I can hold it. Pull up. No, I'm all right. information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2! R2 <laughs> 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 <laughs>